advances storytelling from all angles to help you and us answer the call when the muse screams, tell the damn story. We'll be exploring the challenges of being creative in fiction, illustration, comics, film, and nonfiction. Hey, hey ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Tell the Damn Story. Uh, this is kind of a quick special episode. Uh, Alex and I just felt it necessary to get together and talk about uh, this week's loss of a legend, mm-hmm. perhaps in modern times, Alex, the legend. And, mm-hmm. and this one, it hits home personally for both of us. And of course, we're talking about the passing of Neil Adams. Right. Comic book legend, comic book illustrator, and creative and advocate, Neil Adams. Yeah. Yeah. I arguably, and it's been all over. Anyone who knew him at all or knew of his work at all, you know, he changed the way comics looked. He changed the way, uh, you know, he and Benny O'Neill helped comics grow up. And then he changed the way people were treated in comics. And yeah, yeah. really, yeah, I mean, his influence changed the way superhero movies happened you know and what stories were told so well you know to give to give some of the people who (laughs) i don't know anybody listening to our show wouldn't know him but to give some folks at least a little bit of of an idea of what kind of person we're talking about um i met neil when i was a teenager when i was like possibly 17 years old uh, and th- no jokes about covered wagons. And stuff no, like he, that. he was about 10 years older than you. So, yep. you know, he was making his bones. Yeah. And and how did he treat you? What was going on? Well, you know, it's funny because there's there's all kinds of stories about Neil, Neil, the man, you know, and and depending on who you were and, and where you were when you met him and where he was in his life and career, uh, you know, the stories vary. But one of the things I'll say about you know, Neil, in terms of when I met there him, is. was that he he was he was contained in a way. There was a there was something about him that said, "I'm here. I'll talk to you. <laughs> Good to meet you." You know, professional, a little bit, a little bit, not withdrawn, but a little bit of distance there. But you know, approachable, and I think you know it was. It was something about his a professional attitude, and and at that time I didn't know anything else other than this guy drew comics, man, and he drew really yeah. cool comics, yeah. Uh, but he wasn't, you know, bubbly and effervescent the way some of the other uh, illustrators were, or or full of himself the way some of the other illustrators were. He, there was something about him that just said, "All right, here we are. Let's let's talk for a few moments." And some people were put off by that. I was kind of just curious and. Right. That was the beginning. That was at a small convention. Um, I think it was a Phil Suling convention at the Statler Hilton Hotel <laughs> in like maybe 1969 or 1970. Yeah. And that was my first impression of him. And I was into drawing at that time. I was at the High School of Art and Design. I thought I was going to grow up and be an illustrator. And so just meeting him and wanting to hear some of his experiences and maybe learn something from was, was pretty much my prime directive. Um, I did get, you know, we got to see him sketch a bit and everything like that, but that was about it at that point. But I will say that for a number of years, uh, in those early years of mine, from like say 17, 18, 
to about 20 something as I was still, you know, early 20s, as I was still exploring the possibilities of being an illustrator. Whenever I ran into him at a convention or later when he opened up the studio, Continuity Studios in right, the right. E70s, I think it was, I could go up there, I could make an appointment, I could go up there and I could talk to him. And it was more now like he was a professor. And right. I think in some ways it was, if you're serious, this is, this is my feeling about his approach. If you're serious about this, if you really want to do this, if you really want to do the work, then I'll give you some of my time. Right. But right. don't waste my time. Mm -hmm. It was like very clear about that. Don't waste my time. You start wasting my time, shut down. And so, you know, even though I didn't go into the career, um, we maintained uh, a good speaking relationship. I would say a friendly relationship. Uh, I got to know his kids when they were younger. You know, and I watched right. them grow up and start to aid him in his business and eventually take over running a lot of his business. And so I've always felt connected to him. I've always felt I learned from him, even though I didn't pursue illustration. I learned by looking at his work. I learned by listening to him when he spoke. I learned by his actions, you know, whether I agreed or disagreed. Um, there was always something about him that always made me feel good and, and, and honored to, to, to know him and glad that he was around. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you two uh, quick stories about Neil. Um, Tyler, Sean was the baseball guy. Sean still is the baseball guy. We're talking about you your sons my now, sons, right? <laughs> my sons, yeah. He yeah. was always the baseball guy, so I had baseball with Sean, but I had comics with Tyler, and we would go to the conventions, you know, the, uh, the New York Comic Con uh, most often. And uh, first time we went uh just he and i um we met jerry robinson because tyler was a huge batman uh, yep. a huge robin fan huge yeah. robin yeah. fan and we met paul levine and and tyler <laughs> told him i can't watch i can't read the tim drake robin comic anymore because there was a cover with him in a river of blood <laughs> but then do you mean paul was, levitt Paul, uh, Paul Levitt, sorry. Yes, Paul Levitt, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Paul, they were both very, very charming to, uh, and and gracious with their time. Uh, and then there was Neil, and I said, "Do you want to meet Neil Adams?" And I, you know, showed him some of the work, and <gasps> he saw Robin and all that stuff. And um, when we waited in line, when we got up there, I said, "Neil, uh, you know, we're going to pick up this stuff." But I just, you know, I want to introduce you to a big Robin fan. Uh, this is Alex Simmons's godson, Tyler. And Neil's eyes lit up. Oh, Alex Simmons's godson. <laughs> and, and he said, hi, Tyler. He was very, very nice to Tyler. And I think Tyler picked up a like a Batman Robin print and uh, he signed it and that kind of stuff. And then he, Neil reached over. This is how small Tyler was. And, and like, you know, rubbed the top of his head like, hey, thanks a lot for coming and that kind of stuff. And every time after that, like every year we would go and we would stop by to see Neil. And, you know, one year Tyler would pick up, you know, when he was a little older, he's into The Walking Dead and he dug it up. And uh, dug it up. Yeah. He was consistently really nice to Tyler. Nice to me. That's the second story. Um, 
I picked up, he did a, a thing called, um, I think it was called Splash, and it was Conan the Barbarian swinging mm. a sword, and it was the ink used as blood splash or splatter. Splatter was the name of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it had been a long day. You know how New York Comic Con. Oh, God, right? yeah. Hundreds and, and hundreds of people, yeah. I, I, maybe I wasn't thinking or I wasn't observing as much as I should have, but um, I gave it to his assistant. It was probably his son or something, but and I said, uh, uh, you know, I want to have Neil sign this. And he looked at me and then gave it to Neil. And he said, this guy wants you to sign this. You know, it was, it was for sale. And, I, and Neil says, well, it's already signed. And he's like, he wants you to sign it, right? So Neil looked at Tyler and I had already said, hey, this is Alex's godson, Tyler. I always introduce him that way. And he just looked at Tyler like, this guy, and signed it a second time. So... <laughs> So I have this thing framed and, you know, and it's got Neil Adams, like right underneath it, it's got Neil Adams. <laughs> Double your pleasure, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, because he had a rep- reputation for being cantankerous and he was, he, you know, he didn't, he didn't hesitate to, to express his opinion. And he expressed his opinion very, very clearly to Marvel about, hey, Jack created your empire. You got to do the right thing by his estate and he was very uh also very expressive the dc simon and uh, excuse me siegel and schuster yep uh created the superhero industry you got it to write by them and those two things really changed how credit was given and um and the idea of respecting the real pioneers and or, or originators you know um so yeah big props with him f- to him for that um and of course the muhammad ali uh, yeah smart, oh, you know superman so i thought tell him. Huh? Uh, you mentioned superman so i wanted to pull up not yeah. only superman but this iconic cover yeah. because this this bad boy i remember when this came out the funniest thing too because you know it's muhammad ali you know it's right. It's the world champion at that point in time. And there were debates, serious, on-the-block debates about, yeah, he can take Superman, you know, yeah. Yeah, but it's Superman. Yeah, but no, Muhammad Ali, you know, float like a butterfly, sting like a And it was like, okay, how are you going to do this story? You know, and I couldn't wait to read it. And this was an oversized comic book, yeah, too. It was wasn't a just your regular comic, you know, yeah. 10 by whatever. So I had this for years, and then of course things happen when you move. Yeah, and and it it went the way of it went into that that hole where socks go when they come back mm-hmm. from the laundry and stuff like that. You know, I don't know how it vanished, but it did. And I I one day will I'm sure at great expense find another copy. But uh, yeah, this was this was one of the iconic images yeah. that Neil was known for. I don't have that one up behind me, but um, we bought, he did a, you know, a regular size, about this size, um, about that size, hardcover of this. Uh, and inside it, it had a, a guide to all the famous people that were in the stands on that cover. Mm. Um, oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah, he had all those celebrities in there. If I remember correctly, when he was signing the inside of it, he winked at Tyler and signed it to Tyler. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what he did. Is that one of the Teen Titans? Um, 
but yeah, it was again. Neil showing the uh, the industry what it could do. You know that oversized, if I remember correctly, was the big, the first of its kind. Yeah, but it well, yeah, to, I think so. And then it led to Superman meets Spider Man and Batman meets Hulk and all those uh, intercompany situations. Yeah, um, uh, a big Howard the Duck, big Christmas ones. It was uh, a big Conan the Barbarian, if I remember. All of that began because this guy would take some. You know, what do you see chances. here? I see a uh, blue square. <laughs> a blue square? Just a blue square. That's it. It reminds me of the 80s when you would get a picture, like in the bottom, there's a little hint of a picture. Oh, so this is not showing up. That's interesting. No. Remember in the 80s, it would go, and then little by little, the picture would come. It looked like that. Let's try it again. There you go. That one I have on my wall right over there. Yeah. 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 The this Green is another Green Arrow series. Yep. Yeah. This is another iconic moment because aside from the fact that Denny O'Neill, the writer, and Neil, uh, Neil Adams were doing stories that dealt with social issues with Green Lantern, Green Arrow traveling right. in the United States, here was Speedy, Green Arrow's sidekick, his Robin to Green Arrow's Batman kind of thing, and they find out that this character, this young man, was hooked on drugs. And, and you know... Let's talk about the comparison of what Neil and Denny did versus what Spider-Man did. You know, you'd have uh, Harry was tripping around the apartment for a couple of issues, you know, and you just kind of. Uh, but here on the cover, literally mm -hmm. on Front Street is the drugs. He's shooting up. Yeah. I mean, shooting up, especially this is like late, late 60s or maybe the very early 70s. That was the most um devastating and deepest uh heroin uh, yeah Cocaine drop of heroin, drugs yeah. you could do you know if, if you would do if you were shooting up uh, that was serious business and he they went right to it yeah and i mean there's so much stuff about that cover that is dated the shocking truth about drugs dc attacks youth's greatest problem drugs but the neil and denny stuff look at the com composition of Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, the cop, the cosmic cop, and uh, the more emotional Green Arrow. Look at the way they're composed. Look at Speedy in the middle, the way his face is, the way he's holding his arm. Uh, ah, man, there's so much to this uh, that screams Neil Adams and is just expresses the angst and the uh upsetment and and the hard the i mean green arrow uh, green lantern kind of comes off as a hard ass you know in on that cover <laughs> and it it just nails the two sides of the argument and then the kid in pain you know yeah, wildly, yeah. Wildly and, and again you, people should read that one because even though as you it's dated in some ways and shapes and forms um there's, there's, there's not just, it's not just the drug issue. Oh, the sidekick's taking drugs, but it's what caused him to get yeah, to that right. point. And yeah. that deals with his relationship with his quote unquote father figure, which is Green Arrow, uh, not being there and yes. not paying attention, not being aware of what Speedy, you know, Roy was going through. So that spoke to the, the, the generation gap and so, so many other things. So, you know, again, Neil and, and Denny took on some 
some some topics that were not normally done in comics, certainly not to that that depth, you know, oh, yeah. at that time. Um, you know, I want I want to just pull up one one more cover that um, that speaks to me. It's like you know, everybody thinks of the Batman cover, you know, because Neil did so much great stuff with the Batman. All right, and actually, I'll pull up one. You've got two book covers behind you. I'll pull up a Batman cover uh, in a second. Do you see it? Uh, that there a cover? it is. That's the iconic picture. That's yeah. the iconic that's posture. Right over here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the iconic posture that Neil is known for, and that he's done with the cape flowing, the the dynamic, you know, uh, lunging forward or swinging yeah. or yeah. striking. Neil was very, very, uh, his, his anatomy, his work with anatomy was great. And it makes me think of uh, some of the other greats who came before yeah. him, uh, who worked on Tarzan and things like that. Right. But Neil, Neil was known for his, his work on the Batman, but right. the character, the, the character and the art that's, that caught me the first time and right. still sort of- I know where you're going. Speaks to me. Um, even though the, the series became, I guess, less uh, appealing or, you know, wasn't doing- Less well iconic. But, less iconic. But it shouldn't be. There yep, it is. Is Dead Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, what Neil did with that series, uh, I mean, just look at the faces on the page. Oh, yeah. These are not just generic faces. Oh, a, a man, a man, a man, a man, a woman, a woman. These are, there's different personalities there. There's different oh, yeah. ages there. It's different, uh, you know, status, you know, and and just, you know, if you think about this character, you know, like, you, what is it? Uh, Daredevil has a red costume. And right. when you get the right artist on Daredevil, there's, you know, a lot of the shading and shadows that go with it. But what Neil could do with, with Dead Man uh, in this costume, you know, it was just oh, yeah. phenomenal stuff. And, you know, once again, it spoke to the fact that he was willing, growing up, and he remember he went to my alma mater, my high school. He went to the High School of Industrial Arts, which was also yeah. art and design, art right. and design high school, uh, ten years before me. Right. But you know, the thing is, he put in the hours. He oh, put yeah. in the time to hone his craft and to work up to the status that he eventually obtained. Oh yeah, and, and, go ahead. No, and I was just going to say, and I, you know. For all the reasons that that people uh, will think of him, you know, oh, he did this cool cover, and he did that cool cover. He did a lot of other things, including you know making a career as an illustrator, but also, as we said before, as an advocate for fairness and fair treatment of those who came before him, yep. who helped make this industry what it was, uh, and and even as a mentor. And some um, people have written on Facebook and so forth as a father figure. Oh, to yeah. a number of young artists who came up behind him. Uh, so Bill, Bill Sankowitz mentioned yeah. exactly that on Facebook. And uh, Marv Wolfman had a great anecdote yesterday on Facebook. If, if you're more interested in hearing more about, and more about the personal side of Neil, both of those gentlemen are worth looking up on social media uh, and scroll down and see what they've said about Neil. Uh, you were talking about, um, you know, Dead Dead Man and then Daredevil. I don't know if you're going to be able to see this, but this was well, a Hang sketchbook. on, let me stop sharing so we can get a, a fuller so screen here. He gave this out. It's a Odyssey sketchbook uh, when he was selling Odyssey. And there's his 
Daredevil. And mm. I only wanted to point that out that, you know, even though they're similar in costume, it's his physicality, his um his the personality he gives the to the muscles and, and the movement and the body. Uh, you never looked at two characters that he did and said, well, they, they could be interchangeable. That wasn't what he, he was. He was so individualized. Yeah. You saw the emotion. You, you never saw a more emotional Batman that I think than Neil Adams, Batman. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, he brought sort of, you know, people talk about reality storytelling, reality comics, you know, that's what yeah. I think he brought, he helped bring reality visuals back yeah, kind of a photorealism yeah yeah and and you know again that's another reason i'll be thankful to him for that we we, we promised this was going to be a short you know a short piece so um well, for now i'm just you know i just want to say you know neil thank you for everything i'm even wearing my neil adams blue because go. i noticed in a lot of his his pr shots he's, he's always it. wearing a blue button-up right. shirt so i said okay yeah. Let me do this for you, Neil. That's very cool. But, you know, I just want to say, you know, Neil, thank you for, you know, the years of respect and information and guidance that you offered, not only me, but so many other people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, rest, rest in power and peace, you know, and, yeah. you know, your legacy and, will continue. And I would say, you know, again, rather than repeat all of that, because I agree with all of that, I would say to those of you who are creatives and are emerging creatives and storytellers, it would do you great service to learn from the master and go and pick up some Neil Adams stuff, especially with the work he did with um, Denny. Um, read it for the, the story, sure, and then go back and... Look at how he did the individual panels, how he did the emotions, the, the how the body even expresses emotions, how the pages are laid out. And it will tell you a lot or teach you a lot about how to tell the story, the damn story. And uh, we, owe, we owe Neil for that. So, yeah. yeah. And much more. So thank you, Neil. Thank Here's you, Chris. You. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. Let, me, let me just, you know, more power to Here's you. Here's the Neil. Yeah. Take care, Chris. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Adios, everybody.